Hey, and welcome to the Weather Channel. I, Allie, personally know that when you're at rock bottom, it can feel like God is an emotionally abusive boyfriend. This podcast exists to disprove the theory that joy and goodness are only found in perfect circumstances. Here, you will hear real stories from people who, when faced with heart-wrenching circumstances, chose joy, whether or not it made sense. Hey, friends, something that you may not know is how deeply... (laughs) important and significant it is when someone leaves a podcast rating or a review. Not only does this boost our podcast so that we can get these hope-filled messages out into the world more efficiently, but it's also so helpful for us to know what y'all think about the podcast, how we can improve, what you love, to hear your encouragement and how it encourages you. It truly is a game changer for podcast creators. And so today I would love for you to just pause this episode really quickly leave a rating and or a review, whatever you have time for today, and then continue listening. Thank you in advance. Okay, now for the show. Hello, Weather Channel friends. It has been a little while since I have been on here, not only with a new episode, but by myself. Today I am by myself and it has honestly, it it feels like it has been a while. And so it is exciting and fun to be back. A quick little update of where I have been is that I just feel like I'm in the thick of it. And I know I am not alone when I say that so many other people have busy lives. And truly, we try to fight so hard the hustle and bustle and busyness that creeps in. And I feel like I am in a season right now where as hard as I try to fight the busyness and eliminate as much as possible, it, it, it feels impossible to do that right now. We are just in a really, really busy season <laughs> with my husband, uh, especially the biggest thing is my husband. He's a firefighter EMT and he works a lot of 48 hour shifts right now. The whole world is short on short staffed. And so he is working a lot of overtime. Um, and so he works a lot of 48 hour shifts. And so that means that he has gone for two days at a time and home for a day. And usually that day is spent sleeping, which is actually what is happening in our home right now. He is, he went to bed at 4 PM because we went to the Georgia aquarium this morning and had some family time. He just barely stayed awake for a few hours at the aquarium. The poor guy, he came home after a two day shift of being up almost for almost completely for two days. And we went to the aquarium and he fell asleep at four o'clock in bed and it is now nine o'clock and I am just letting that man sleep because he has been working so hard. And so I am getting a moment of peace where I can record an episode and chat with y'all for a little bit. My girls are sleeping. It is thundering and lightning outside and it is just a really peaceful, peaceful night. And so, but that is where we are at. We are in a very busy season. And so I am planning on squeezing episodes in every other week when I can. My rule is that I family always comes first for me. And as being a part-time single mom, <laughs> um, it is hard for me to squeeze in episodes. Um, while honoring my girls and putting them first and homework and school and ballet. And um, those are the essentials of where we are at right now. And so anyway, I am here to chat with you all and 
today we are going to talk about being fearful. And the reason why I chose this topic is because I have heard from so many people who right now have different horrible, horrible, horrible circumstances. Not just cancer, although cancer is typically what I am chatting with people about when they are sharing um, struggles or fears with me, but um, messy relationships, difficult parenting, um, or difficult children, parenting struggles, so many things. And One thing about me that you may not know is that God made me an extremely empathetic person. And so when somebody shares something with me, I feel that deeply. And the only way that I know how to deal with it in a healthy way is by praying for them. And I'm okay with that. I think that the Lord has given me the gift of prayer and I am happy to pray for people who are struggling. And so I feel like lately a lot of my prayers are just begging God, begging God to relieve people of their hard circumstances, but most importantly, for them to find him through their hard circumstances. That is, if if you ask me to pray for something, that is how I will pray more than likely. Um, and so, but I share all of this with you because I know that I could come on here and talk about cancer or parenting or any topic that can be challenging or any topic that someone has shared with me they are struggling with. But what I have found is the most common thread between all of these struggles is fear. Fear of how a situation is going to turn out, fear of maybe what's going to happen in the next few weeks or few days or even few hours. And fear is something that everybody experiences. And so I want to just tackle this this, um, idea of fear today and hopefully encourage your heart, especially if you are one of the people, not only that I'm praying for, but um, one of the many people in the world who are struggling with a really hard situation. And on top of that, as a result of that, dealing with fear. I am so familiar with fear. For those of you who don't know our story, the gist is that three years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer, stage four cancer. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old girl, and I asked my family to drive across the country from New York to California with me to seek integrative treatment. And We did treatment in California. It was amazing and so healing. And then when our time was up there, we were not finished yet, but our time was up there. (laughs) Um, We were not quite getting the care that I was looking for in California. And so my family agreed to go to Atlanta with me and do more integrative treatment. And when I thought I was finished with cancer treatment in Atlanta, a year plus after we had been there, my doctors recommended a stem cell transplant. And so when I was in remission, thinking that I would be done, they really encouraged me to do a stem cell transplant. And so that is what I did. And so Needless to say, over those two and a half years of um, fighting, actively fighting cancer, 
there were a lot of really fearful times and I had to figure out what I was going to do with that fear. I had to figure out what I was going to let it look like, how I was going to deal with it. And I know for those of you listening right now who are dealing with a similar situation or any kind of fear, it is terrifying. Maybe you're not walking through something right now, um, by the way. Maybe you just have a low-key anxiety that something bad is going to happen. You are always worried about the future or you have fear about something like this happening to you. I I know that feeling. I know that feeling. But what I want you to know is that if you know Jesus, which I know that many of you who listen do, that's part of the reason why you listen, I want to encourage you that either way you are going to get a miracle whether God answers the prayers that you have been pleading him, pleading with him for here on earth, or if you get a miracle on the other side of heaven, if you get a, if you get healed by passing from this life into perfection, into eternity with him, I want to encourage you that either way, if you know him, we get to spend eternity with him. And we can rest in that promise. We can celebrate that and be joyful. There still may be some fear and anxiety, but we can rest in that. And if you don't know him, let me encourage you that this may be his way of wooing you to himself. Maybe the hard, messy, nasty situation that you are in right now is his way of drawing you to him. Maybe it's his grace and his kindness because through the hard and the messy and the scary that you are walking through right now, that may be where you find his safety and his kindness and his love and his joy that we can't find anywhere else on this earth except for him. But I know that either way, whether you know him or you don't, you may still be a little bit afraid. Things are not always peachy, even if we do know him. But I want to encourage you today how safe you are in his arms. One of the most common questions that I got, or that I still get actually, when I share my story with people is, how did you do that? Oh my goodness. I don't think I could have done that. I would have been so scared. I would have been a mess. I don't know if I could have done that. That is the most common thing that I hear from people when I share our story with them. And if I'm being honest, this past year has been really healing for me emotionally. I have had to do a lot of work to heal from the trauma and the hard and the scary and the messy that we did walk through because it wasn't easy. It was not a cakewalk. Cancer is is not fun. Uh, but this past year, like I said, I have had to do a lot of digging down deep into his word and with his people who have pointed me back to him, who have shared truth and encouragement and love. But questions that I have been tempted to ask were, why did this happen to us? Why did we end up, because ultimately we ended up in Atlanta. He, We really felt him calling us to Atlanta to stay But some days I ask, Lord, did we make the right decision? I'm fearful that we didn't make the right decision. Or why am I in early menopause from my treatment? Am I going to be able to have more children? Am I going to be able to come out of menopause completely? What do I do with this experience that you gave me? 
But here's what I've been resting in, and here's what I keep coming back to, and that I have come back to every single time that my brain starts to freak out. And I know that this is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to share it anyway. Here is the conclusion that I have come to when I am asking these questions. First of all, when I'm asking these questions about why me, why this, why would you do this? I have to recognize that first of all, these are very entitled questions that I am asking the God of the universe. Don't get me wrong. He can handle our questions and it is fine to be frustrated and confused and go to him with our frustration and our fear and our confusion. But what I have recognized is that when I am asking these questions, it is a very entitled attitude most of the time that I'm coming before him with, because my attitude is that this shouldn't have happened to me. I shouldn't have to deal with this. But, but the truth that he has put on my heart over the past year is that we deserve nothing. We as an I, I deserve nothing. And his grace is everything that he has gifted to us. First of all, first and foremost, the very first and most important gift that he has given to us through the experience that he let us walk through with cancer was an opportunity to know him better and to be drawn deeper to him. Not just so that I could learn more about who he is, but to experience his joy and his peace and his love deeper than I ever have before. And what I've realized is that when I see myself in his story, Instead of in my story, the story that I've written for myself and that I am expecting him to produce for me, um, when I when I see myself in his story instead of him in my life and instead of focusing on what I deserve, I can see everything that he has given to me and the story that he has written for me, for us, for my family as grace. Grace is getting something that you don't deserve. And that is what I see. And, and friends, honestly, let me be really clear. Two years ago, I remember hearing somebody say, oh, I'm so grateful for the journey that God has brought me on. I never thought I'd be grateful for cancer, but I'm so grateful. And it sent me into orbit. I was so angry hearing that because I felt like I will never be grateful for this journey. There were so many blessings and so many ways that he revealed himself to us that I was grateful for. But at the time when I was fighting, I was not sitting in that season thanking him that I got to go to chemo every day or that I had to up and move away from my friends and family. I was frustrated and confused and I was trying to figure out how do I reconcile all of these thoughts in my head. But what I have come to realize is that this cancer journey was a gift. It really was a gift because it provided so many opportunities for me and my girls and my my husband for us and so many other people i still am getting messages from people who have shared with me about the ways that the lord spoke to them through our cancer journey 
I have seen so much grace from him through this cancer journey. And I can, I can really say at the end of the day, I am so grateful, so grateful. But again, hear me when I say that I was not grateful at the time. And I was so angry when I heard somebody say that they were grateful. But if that is you in, in this, uh, a hard situation, whether it's cancer or not, just know that it's okay to not feel like you have a full understanding of why the Lord is bringing you through something right now. You're not going to. You're in the midst of it. You are fighting and it is not time for you to stop and reflect yet if you if you are fighting. But just know that he has you. If you know him, you are so safe, whether you are healed on this side of earth or in heaven. If you know him and trust in him as your savior, you are good. <laughs> you are good and you can rest in that joy. Okay. Here's another thought that I want to share with you that came from just this past year when I have been, as I have been working out the confusion and frustration and the entitledness that I've been experiencing. And that is that when we focus on ourselves, when I focus on myself, I see chaos, I see fear, I see anxiety, I feel anxiety, I feel failure. I I so heavily <laughs> wear the weight of my failures. And honestly just this week, even with my parenting, I have been feeling that failure, that heavy weight of failure and chaos and fear that I am going to fail my children big time. And just yesterday my mentor shared with me that she saw that I was focusing on myself and myself is I as a person, we as people are pretty messy and pretty fearful and pretty chaotic. And honestly, we, we fail a lot, but when we focus on God, we see who he is. We can live fully how he wants us to here on earth, which is filled with peace and love and joy because he is a loving father. He loves us so much and he does not want us to focus on ourselves because we're going to experience those terrible emotions and fears instead of focusing on him. He is readily available for us to seek him and rest in him and find his peace and love and joy, even in the midst of the worst situation of our lives. It is so much more natural for me, by the way, to focus on how our lives got turned upside down on the negative and the anxiety. It's natural for me to focus on how our the innocence of our family was stripped away. We thought that we were on, we were projected to live a very happy and peaceful life. But what I have learned through this journey is that we have not only experienced happiness, but deep joy, which is even greater than happiness, deep joy that is only found in Jesus and a complete peace, no matter what situation comes our way, because we know the God of the universe is for us and that we don't have to be fearful. It may come naturally, but we can fight that fear because he is for us and he is with us. And he has amazing things promised for us, whether here on earth or in heaven. And so when I bring my aching heart before God and I 
and I share these things with him and verbalize them. Honestly, it's healthy and so such a relief for me to know that I can verbalize my fears and my anger and my confusion with him. When I bring my aching heart before him and I share these things with him, I can see how faithful he has been to us. I can see the beautiful story that he has written for us, that he has the story that is his, not mine, but his, that he has just allowed us to be a part of, that he has provided enough grace for us to be a part of the story that he has written for us. I can look at the storms that we have faced and fought I can look at all that we have been through and how it has strengthened our family beyond measure. I mean, it is truly immeasurable what we have, the joy that we have experienced. When I think about those things, I realize how little this story actually has to do with us and how much it has to do with him and bringing him glory through us experiencing him. It just it's mind blowing. (laughs) The whole concept of that is mind blowing. And I'm able to breathe out fear that I have done something to deserve this. I can let go of that fear because I know that's not true. I haven't done anything to deserve the pain or the suffering that I've experienced. In fact, it is the opposite. God has provided grace through this situation or whatever situation I walked through, whatever situation that you're walking through, it is his grace that we get to walk through these things and that we get to experience him and know him better. I can breathe out the frustration. And this is something that I physically do. Sometimes I breathe in his peace. I I say that to myself. I breathe in his peace and I breathe out frustration or anger or fear, anger or frustration that comes from knowing that I didn't sign up for the battle that I am facing. I can breathe in the perspective shift that he offers me that reminds me that I am loved and cared for by the creator of the universe. I can breathe out the anger that tempts me to believe that God has overlooked me and put me in this situation for punishment, and I can breathe in holy peace that comes from him. Okay. I want to share a story, which I have shared before, so forgive me if you have heard this before, but bear with me. Um, Five years ago, when we got pregnant with my oldest daughter, Adelie, we found out that we were pregnant. We felt so afraid and anxious and honestly disappointed and scared. And this is a story that I will share with her when she's older. So if you're thinking to yourself, oh my goodness, how can she say that? Trust me, it is okay. There is a happy ending, but we were disappointed. We were scared. We had a perfect five-year plan that did not include children. And last year, well, the past two or three years, as we dove deeper into the realities of what having stage four cancer meant for our family, we learned that it might not be possible for us to have more babies. And I ironically felt that worse news ever feeling again that I felt when I found out that I was pregnant with my oldest. But shortly after I begged God to give us more babies, I began to notice the beautiful similarities between these two events in my life. And I was overcome with gratitude. 
I was so grateful because I saw why God gave us our sweet little girl so early on, even before we thought that we needed her. I was so grateful because I had a reminder that I can trust in God's perfect plan, even when it seems like it is going haywire. And I was so grateful because I had a reminder that what at first seems disastrous can actually become the best thing that has ever happened. And again, I can truly say that about the cancer journey that we walked through. And y'all, if you are new here, please do not get me wrong. For those of you who did not walk through my cancer journey with me, please know that it was not roses. It was not tied up in a pretty little bow, and it's still not. Like I said earlier, to be completely honest and transparent this past year and even currently, I am working through a lot of emotional things that have come through the trauma of fighting cancer. Um, and so I want you to know that it, it it is easy to think, oh, well, she got, she was healed. And so it worked out for her. And so it's easy for her to be grateful, but I want you to know that there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And, and I, it is my goal to share transparently about the realities of what the three-year cancer battle looked like. And, um, and to, to encourage you in that, but know that it wasn't easy. Okay. Another fun little story (laughs) that I have for you that, as I was thinking about it, I thought, you know what, that is a great analogy that I'm going to share with my friends on the Weather Channel. Um, in 2013, I broke my toe. And what you may not n- have known about me is that before cancer, uh, needles, blood, pain were a huge, like nearly my number one fear. I, anything medical freaked me out. And so when I broke my toe, honest to goodness, I completely freaked out when I was at the ER and the nurse, uh, granted my toe was broken pretty badly. Okay. You also cut me some slack, but I almost kicked the nurse in the face who was trying to reset my toe. And actually I was so afraid that my toe is still a little bit jacked up because she was not able to reset it because of the pain. Like I said, I have always had a fear of needles and unmanageable pain and hospitals and all things medical. But when I think back on that night and compare it to what I experienced on my cancer journey, it it is hysterical to me because I thought that I knew fear and pain then. I never could have saw cancer coming, but apparently God knew exactly what I needed and he saw it fit for me to grow and strengthen and get rid of those fears or at least battle them, beat them down until they are very, very small through cancer. And I am so grateful for a God that doesn't leave us in our fear and in our pain, for a God like our God who strength can carry us through anything, whether it's a broken toe or cancer or an unexpected pregnancy or divorce, or again, having a difficult child or feeling discouraged or depression. God's grace is sufficient for us for each day. 
It, but here's the thing. Here is one of the most valuable things that I learned during my battle is that it doesn't come all at once. His grace that battles our fears for us does not come all at once. It is hard. That is a hard reality <laughs> when you want to be efficient. I know for me, I love to be efficient and I would love to just have all of his grace all the time consistently and not have to seek him or spend time with other Christians or read his word or pray to him to to remember his grace. I wish that it was a lot more efficient and that it was just always with me and that I always remembered his goodness and his kindness and that I didn't have to be afraid, but that's not how it works. He requires us to come before him and it is for our good that we can come before him because it reminds us of who he is and his goodness and our love. All right, we need to wrap it up here because believe it or not, it has already been almost 30 minutes. But what I want to end on is, or nearly end on, is a prayer that I saved from one of my mentors in New York who actually has been on this podcast before. Um, and she st- shares her story of losing her sweet Jack. It is a woman named Allison Nye, and she has just been such an amazing mentor to me for most of my life. I have known her since I was an infant. And so when I was struggling really terribly with fear and anxiety as I was battling cancer one night, um, I texted her and she reached out to me. I believe it was actually a couple of days later, which she shares here in this prayer, but I wanted to read this to you, especially for those of you who are feeling extra anxious and fearful tonight. She says, Oh, Allie, you have been and are so heavy on my heart. I've been praying for you with groanings that I'm trusting the spirit to carry before our almighty father, our loving Abba trusting him to make of them something meaningful. I haven't texted, not knowing what to say. You're inviting me into a sacred space. I know that. I feel it. I wish I could hold you and cry with you, dear friend. The pain and distress is going to make me cry, y'all, because the way that the Lord provided other Christians to remind me of his love and his truth and his goodness for me when I was so fearful that those things weren't true, even if it was for a split second that I doubted them, the Lord provided people for to remind me of who he was. Whew. Um, she says, I feel it. I wish I could hold you and cry with you, dear friend. The pain and distress you are experiencing is real indeed, but God... But God is still on his throne, and he is still inviting you to climb into his lap, lay your weary head on his chest, and be overwhelmed by his deep, steadfast love for you, his redeemed daughter from whom he sacrificed his beloved son. Hear his heart beat for you. Listen to him as he speaks truth, eternal truth, to you through his word. His grace is sufficient. May he fill you with courage to live each moment he gifts you. May my heart aches as I think of how your tenacious love for your family must tempt you to despair. Don't despair. God is writing their stories, charting their journeys, just as surely as he has yours. You know this. Even from your sick bed, you can be the best mommy, wife, daughter, friend by simply pointing to Jesus, trusting in him. I watched Jack do that, and he wasn't doing it consciously. 
And for the backstory, y'all, just go ahead and listen to her episode and grab a big box of tissues. She says, I watched Jack do that. He wasn't doing it consciously. He was simply fixing his hope on his helper, Jesus. And he was not inhibited by my presence. He just trusted his Savior with his sweet child trust. So, Allie, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Do not fear. Know that your suffering is not in vain. It is refining fire, and you are not alone. You are highly valued and deeply loved. I have even been dreaming about you. That is how present you are in my mind. So know I'm praying and cheering you on from afar. I love you, my beautiful sister. You are not alone in your struggle to believe in his goodness, to feel carelessly treated as he carries out his plan. It's a struggle Christ's followers have had throughout time. Consider John the baptizer, passionate proclaimer that God's kingdom was at hand, unafraid to go toe-to-toe with the religious and the political leaders. I imagine he had some exciting ideas about how God's kingdom would be brought about, but then he was imprisoned He and he waited. I imagine it wasn't a very nice place or way to wait, stripped of his freedom as well as his preferred way to live. It got to him. He doubted and sent his friends to Jesus. Are you the one or shall we look for another? And Jesus sends back a report and an admonishment to not be offended. That's in Matthew 11, 1 through 19, by the way, if you want to look that up in the Bible. And then John is beheaded. And Jesus mourned, which is found in Matthew 14. And in our humanity, we look at that and say, what? But that is not the end of the story. You can find hope of that not being the end of the story in 1 Peter 1. And she finishes and says, I'm praying for you, Allie. Your faith is being tested and proven. And that is a painful process. But you are in good company. And with the spirit in you, you will overcome, not according to our concept of victory, but his. Oh, and so friends, tonight, if you are wondering how you're going to make it through, just know Hold on to the truth and the hope that God will make a way, whether it's a way, it's the way that you expected him to or not. If you are a believer, meaning if you trust in him as your Lord and Savior, cling tightly to the hope and the joy that we have of spending eternity with him. We don't have to worry what happens to us here on earth because we know that no matter what happens, we get to spend eternity with him. We will be made whole. We will be perfect. We will be perfectly happy. There'll be no more tears or sadness. And for those of you who don't know him, let me just put a shameless plug in to seek out people who do know him and ask questions. Ask questions of who is this God that you believe in? How do you have this hope? What is this hope that you have? Maybe you'll find that through a friend that you know knows Jesus, or maybe you will find that through somebody who goes to church. Maybe you go to church for the first time this week on your own or with a friend, or maybe right now you read the Bible. You read it online. You read it through the YouVersion app. Maybe you have a Bible that has been sitting around, but you've never read it. Maybe you take time right now and read something like Hebrews 11 and 12 and learn about who this God is and the hope that he offers to everyone. He is waiting for us. And maybe this fearful, chaotic time that he has allowed in your life 
just maybe it is a blessing that will draw you deeply into the creator of the universe and the lover of your soul. He made a way for us to have peace. He made a way for our hearts to be changed towards each other and towards him. He made a way for us to trust and know him deeper than ever before. And we can trust him. Friends, let me pray. And then we are going to go out in the joy and the hope that we have in Jesus. Lord, thank you that you hold us and rock us like the perfect mother and father that you are, Lord. You hold us like a newborn baby in our times of fear and in our times of joy. You mourn with us and you are happy and you rejoice with us, Lord. I pray right now for my friends who are fearful and afraid of what the next couple of hours may bring. Lord, I pray that you would give them an extra dose of your peace and that you would reveal yourself more to them, Lord, than you ever have before, that they would find you through this struggle. And Lord, I pray that they would find your joy and your love and your kindness. And Lord, I pray for those who might be afraid to reach out to a friend who knows you and ask questions or maybe afraid to open the Bible or be afraid to go into church. I pray that you would give them an extra dose of courage and that they would do so, Lord, and that they would find you, that they would rest in who you are, knowing you more and knowing that you love them and that you are for them, Lord. I pray that you would give them that bravery and that um, everyone listening, Lord, would find your sweet, sweet blessings in your word, in being with your people, in your church, and through spending time talking and praying with you. God, I pray that you would bring a holy comfort to the people listening, that they would feel you, tangibly feel you, Lord, because of the hope and the joy that you bless them this week with. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, that is where we are going to stop today. And hey, listen, please know that I am that friend that knows Jesus and would love to talk to you about Jesus, not because I have all of the answers, but because I have, we have suffered. We have been through some things and we can talk about it. And, um, and I would love to encourage you and just remind you of the hope that we have and answer any questions that you have about Jesus, especially if you are not a Christian or you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, I would love for you to text me if you're a close friend or email me or send me a Facebook or Instagram message, however you get a hold of me, however you can get a hold of me. I would love to answer those questions for you. And I know that there is a church nearby you if you are in the U.S. that would love to host you this Sunday, that would welcome you with open arms and meet you where you're at and let you find out just a little bit more about who your loving father is. So go do that. I am here for you. I am here for questions. Let me know how I can help you. Love you, friends. Talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you're not falling for a lie that you could never be holy enough to respond to your situation as our guest today did. I know that's sometimes where my head goes when I hear stories of holy struggle, so can I remind you that you have everything you need to respond the same way? Jesus offers hope in our pain, and it usually only requires a perspective shift to notice it. So whether it's time in his word, going for a walk through creation, or a heart-to-heart with a friend, this is your weekly reminder to take time to snatch that much-needed perspective shift. Thank you.